What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire. Y'all know me, Sydney, and it's your boy D. Glasper. We uh, we had a really good sports weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think either of us paid any mind to college football. Um, but just within the NBA games that took place and then NFL Sunday and Monday, there was a, uh, a lot of good games that, that went on. Um, so we're going to start with the NBA. We're going to start with the NBA. Uh, with the uh, yes. <laughs> with the Lakers uh, <laughs> finishing out Denver in five and Miami taking care of Boston um in six was it six yeah it was six yeah it was six, it was six. uh so that sets you up them get that one on friday <laughs> so that sets up los angeles lakers versus the miami heat in the nba finals and that starts tomorrow on wednesday that's that's uh it's crazy because i think uh i think i mentioned this last week and he was like what but <laughs> it's it's funny being and, you know, you're being a Lakers fan and me being a Heat fan. Um, it's one of those rivalries that is not a – it's only a rivalry to one side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's a rivalry. Like, I think Heat fans been waiting on this for so long, bro. We've been waiting to see the Lakers for so long. And uh, I'm just glad that we finally get to see you guys in the playoff atmosphere. Um, granted, uh, I wish uh, we were coming into it. I wish the circumstances were a little different, so I wish yeah. we weren't in a bubble. So, yeah, you know, obviously, you could get you know those home courts. Um, because LA and Miami that's uh, beautiful weather, that's beautiful yeah. women, that's a ton of celebrities at every game. That's that would probably be some of the most star studded stands that you would yeah. see. Yeah. Oh, of any playoff series that we've had for seven um, games, because you're getting it in seven. LA and you're getting it in Miami. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so uh, that just—I'm uh, a little sad about that. I'm also, you know, uh, it's one of those things where I feel like the Heat got here too early. Yeah. Uh, they got here with the team that probably shouldn't be in the NBA finals. Um, and and what I mean when I say that is you don't have a bona fide superstar. Um, you have a guy, Jimmy Butler, who's a star, but, you know, has never been a first option on a real contending team. Yeah. Um, you know, it really, the the guy that you look at, and I don't even, I'm not even sure if Jimmy Butler is the Heat's best player, um, especially in the bubble. You look, you look at Bam Adebayo and what he has done um, throughout the entire season, not just in the bubble, but with how versatile he is defensively, um, the things that he can do on offense. Um, one of the best pick and pick and roll players that I've seen um, in a while. Uh, just, I think he is on a superstar trajectory, but I don't think he's there yet either. So going up against a team with two 
legit superstar, like two legit generational talents. Like absolutely, uh, both of those dudes are Hall of Famers. Um, you know, Anthony Davis being in his prime and LeBron being in a prime that seems to never end, mm-hmm. no matter how old he gets. Um, it, it, it's going to be a really, really tough matchup, but I'm really excited to see it. Um, Sydney, what, what you, what are you, your thoughts uh, um, coming in? Two things based off of what you just said. One of them being that what's crazy is anybody that came out of the East outside of Milwaukee would be the same situation. You got basically young or just balanced squads without, you know, real superstars. Um, And the, the biggest thing about Miami that I be trying to get through people's heads is watching them throughout this season. Like you say, they might've gotten here a year too early for what they, what they were even expecting. But mm-hmm. them getting there this year wasn't a fluke. Like them being able mm-hmm. to rely on Bam to, like you say, he's their best player right now. Like that's that's clear that he is their best player right now. Um, and then you have Tyler Hero having the season that he's having and having the performances that he's had in the bubble. And then you add Jimmy Butler their three-point shooting, and the way that they've been able to defend, they've earned their right to be here. There's nothing about them getting here that was flukish. Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying that at all. Well, yeah, I I know you aren't. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely going to make an interesting interesting series. Because like you say, two of the the two best players on the court are playing for the Lakers. Yep. But like I say, the fact that Miami finished second, slightly second in three-point shooting, and they've kept that up throughout all of this. Um, and you brought up last week how they have – they at least they have bodies to throw at LeBron and Anthony Davis consistently yep. to make them yep. work for what it is that they're going to get. That that makes this a very interesting series. Yep. I, and, you know, honestly, I don't know how many. I, th- I think they only have one body to throw at Anthony Davis, which is Bam. He's yeah. the only person yeah. on the roster that has a chance. But LeBron, you know, you have Iguodala and Jay Crowder for that reason, because LeBron is over there. You bring two defenders who can move and try to stay in front of them and just pester them. And you're not going to stop them. I'm but, not sure about Jay Crowder. Um, I mean, of course. Well, I mean, so LeBron's James, LeBron James' offensive game is obviously more polished than Giannis's is at this point in his yeah. career. But Jay Crowder did a phenomenal job on Giannis, which ain't that – regardless of his offensive limitations on, on his moves <laughs> or whatever, it ain't a whole lot of people that can say anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think Jay Crowder, again – is going to bother LeBron. I don't think he's going to give him problems necessarily, yeah. but he'll bother him. And just always having somebody that come in and just bother LeBron um, is going to be important. Um, all of that said, though, I, I think this is a six-game series and not one of those like super compelling six-game series either. Yeah, um, I do think the Lakers uh, kind of walk this one into the proverbial end zone um but 
so so I, I would say, you know, my pick for the series, uh, if I had to pick, would be Lakers in six. Um, and you know, I'm, I don't I'm, know where you're at. I'm going the same way with it. Lakers in six. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if it's over in five, honestly, but I know if, if Miami can shoot the way that they've been shooting at their peak throughout these last few series, um, it's very unlikely that the Lakers are going to match that. So I, I think Miami can get two of those games and, and, and that'll, that'll get it to six. Yep. I didn't even mention Jimmy Butler as one of the guys to throw in the ball. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if so, if we're gonna go the other way, so if uh, we both, because we both think the Lakers are gonna win this series, but for Miami to win, what do you think the keys would be for them to be able to win the series uh, if they were gonna do that super unlikely thing? Three-point shooting, which, once again, they're very capable of. And the other thing is building that wall that they were able to um, to bother Giannis with so much against LeBron James. Force LeBron James to shoot the basketball. That's still your best way to, to limit the king is to force him to be a jump shooter. Keep him out of the lane. Anthony Davis is not really much y'all going to be able to do with him. There's nothing. There's not much that anybody can do with him. He's no. going to do what he wants. Um, but Le- if you can limit LeBron James' effectiveness around the rim and shoot threes the way that y'all been shooting threes, that's the way Miami wins. Um, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I would say um, – Definitely. Well, you're going to see a whole lot of zone, uh, I think, for Miami again. Um, you know, you saw them do the same thing against Boston, where Boston yeah. has all of these um, slashers and guys that can just get to the rim at will. You saw Miami pretty much uh, go zone for long stretches to keep those guys out of the paint. And I think that you will probably see something similar against the Lakers. Um so they have to be really effective on their zones. I think they are going to have to rebound um, a lot better than they have. They are uh, they are a pretty good rebounding team to say how small they are. Yeah, uh, you know they do it with effort, not size. Um, but they're they're definitely going to have to bring it, especially you know when when the Lakers trot out you know Howard and McGee. Yeah. Um, I am interested in to see um, what happens differently in this series because um, the Lakers may not be able to really play Howard and McGee as heavily as they have been. Um, The Heat goes small pretty often. Um, You know, and and Bam Bam is one of the, like, Bam's going to be a part of that lineup, obviously. But, you know, when it comes down to, hey, you've got bigs that can actually move. So not like a Jokic that, you know, if he's at the three-point line, he's not going to take you to the basket necessarily. Yeah. Um, You've got a guy – you've got bigs on Miami that are going to uh, do a lot of cutting 
moving. They're going to be moving around a lot faster, and they're going to run the floor a lot. More. And I don't know if you have if they're going to have the ability to sit there and pull uh, Los Angeles Los Angeles's bigs out of the paint um, and open up those cutting lanes because that's a that's a really we talk so much about their three point shooting, but their three point shooting opens up so much because I don't know how much you saw in the last two games of the Celtics series in particular. But Jimmy Butler, uh, Jay Crowder has not been shooting well. Uh, he did not shoot well in that Celtics series. Yeah. Um, but, and a lot of guys didn't. But you saw Jimmy Butler with the threat of the Heat's three-point shooting and the way that they run their offense. You saw him be able to get there um, and the Heat be able to pull people, pull Boston out of the paint and then go in and get easy layups um, on cuts because they are constantly moving, whether it's relocating to the three-point line, whether it's cutting to the basket, whether it's, um, you know, fake cutting to the basket just to get back to the three-point line. Like, they do a whole lot of it. You know, they do a whole lot of different things uh, on offense. So I do think that uh, that could be a key is um, can you do enough – to where you force the Lakers to kind of play your style and go a little smaller because you, no matter how big they go, you're not going to match. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Um, so you got, you kind of have, it, it's going to be a, who can really dictate pace um, of the game. Uh, and, and so I, but I, I ultimately like all of those things, um, at the end of the day, the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And yeah. I think that is ultimately what it will come down to. And I think for game one, I think that Frank Vogel will stick with Dwight and try to try to be able to play his centers as much as possible. But um, like you said, it might, it might just become a small ball series and they have to revert to the lineups they played against Houston. Uh, playing Marcus Morris a whole a whole lot more, um, and Kuzma and those guys, um, but like you said, at the end of the day, one team has Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and the other doesn't. Yeah, um, I will say though, as a Heat fan, um, I do know that that entire organization has a chip on their shoulder, um, especially against LeBron James. Um, be with the way that he left. Um, you know, I know a lot of the country didn't absorb it the way that Miami did. Of course. Um, yeah. But, you know, going back and looking at how, you know, everything came, ended up coming out later that, you know, he had already had his decision made um, way before the off season. And then, you know, dragging it out, telling my Amy, oh, go get this player, go get that player, you know, uh, don't get this guy, you're holding off on his decision. So Miami wasn't really a player in free agency in the East to be able to, you know, build a contender, you know, rebuild a contender. Uh, a lot of that, uh, a lot of people in the organization felt like was intentional. Yeah. Um, just so that he would have one less team to have to compete with in the East. Which you know, I can see it. LeBron's super smart. Um, yeah, so Kawhi like, just did the same thing. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not a stretch. Um, and then, uh, obviously, just 
you know, he left the team and took our feel good away. I mean, I, I do think, you know, LeBron James, LeBron James in Miami, especially like a city like Miami, where it's easy to get players to come. Yeah. Like we could have had LeBron James and Anthony Davis in Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I, I definitely thought that had he stayed, it would have been, uh, he would have more championships and it would have been, uh, a, a much deeper, you know, a much longer run too. Um, and so, you know, we, the, the heat, the heat organization is a little fired up. I don't know that that's going to matter. <laughs> um, but just, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those, uh, I think there's some animosity there. And I also think there's some animosity between, uh, LeBron and Pat Riley. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, or somebody in the organization, it, it, nobody knows quite who it is, but told them, you know, leaving here, you know, you make it the biggest mistake of your uh, life. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that turned out to not be the case. Uh, he went on to continue to be in the finals every year and win one and might be about to win another one, but he does have to go see that team. So I think that's going to be a super interesting storyline to to pay attention to and to watch is just to to watch those two uh just LeBron go and that organization and, and how how intense uh I think the the malice is between each other. I think I, I'm hoping that that spills over into the court because we we can get some some good uh some good fun. Because because after he left it became a it became a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady thing, right? Like, who gets the credit? Was it, you know, was it LeBron being the player coming to Miami and winning those titles, or was it, look, LeBron, you didn't do it until you got here. I'm the reason you got there. So that's definitely – oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think to your question, I think the answer is both, right? Yeah. I think it's proven out always. to be both. It, it usually always is. Right. It? It's proven out to be, oh, yes, um, we won titles because LeBron is, is, is absolutely probably, you know, worst case, a top three player of all time. Um, and then, but then the heat culture and the heat organization definitely, uh, after he left, uh, I think they had one losing season. Uh, they, they weren't tanking. Um, you know, Eric Spolstra got a coach of the year. Um, the coaches vote, not the media vote. Yeah. Um, but Eric Spoelstra got a coach of the year, um, you know, with that Hassan Whiteside Dragic team uh, that was supposed to also, you know, have Chris Bosh. Um, they did a good job of, you know, maneuvering to get pieces and they drafted well. And they're back in the finals only, what, five years after LeBron left? Six years? Yeah, five, six years. And uh that's crazy given given the state that, that that roster got left in, especially considering, you know, the only person that they really had left was Chris Bosch, who goes out and has a career ending uh blood clot issue. And so just to see them rebuild, I mean, you could definitely tell, hey, yeah, there is something to you know the heat culture thing to the to the organization being able to build winners, but then you know there's also you know you've seen LeBron in the finals every year. There's also something to hey, 
we wouldn't have we wouldn't be where we are if not for him. And so um, it's it's going to be a fun series. And and I, I really uh, there isn't anybody in this series that I'm necessarily rooting against. Uh, you know, like I I actually do have a lot of respect for LeBron and a lot of love for him. Uh, Anthony Davis obviously is one of my favorite players since he was at Kentucky, and I'm a huge Kentucky fan. Um, Rondo also Kentucky guy, yeah, um, and just was for a while was one of my favorite players in the league, um, just because he's so smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the people that annoy me the most are the young guys on the Lakers team, Kuzma, <laughs> KCP, like just sometimes they just feel like a waste of talent, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I, you know, I, I just want to see a good series. Honestly, I I don't want it to be, uh, a crazy blowout either direction. Um, because it would be granted. I don't think this is going to happen, but Lord, if, if Miami rolls through the Lakers, like they roll through the East, man, I'd have to, (laughs) social media, I have to go in the hiding for a little while. Oh man, and you have to block me because I'm I'm letting I'm letting everybody know now. Whether you friends with me on Facebook, Twitter, it's like dog, it's gonna be everywhere, all the time. So just you don't have to prepare yourself because I don't think we're gonna win. But <laughs> no, if we win, um, you gonna be in for uh, you gonna be in for a treat. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the finals definitely should be exciting and interesting. And like we said, that's that starts tomorrow. How yep. fast that came around. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to the NFL. Sure. Um, this past weekend, let's let's start with New Orleans, since that's both our teams. Let's go ahead and just start with that game oh, and God. how that went and what you thought about that. Or should um, I go first? Because I can go first. You can go first. So, last week when we played the Raiders and lost the way we lost, my biggest thing was, look, we're not going 16-0. and That's not going to happen. But this was a game that we were supposed to win. And you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. That yeah. was one of those games, especially coming into a week where you're facing Green Bay, where the matchup is even, basically. Um, The fact that we lost this game doesn't upset me because, once again, this is even teams on what, at this point, uh, during the pandemic, uh, is forcing the stadiums to be neutral field. Um, What upset me was the way that we lost. Once again, I'm not a fan of Taysom Hill playing quarterback. Do not take my Hall of Fame quarterback off the field to have somebody else snap the football at quarterback. Yeah. Because shit like that happens. He fumbles, and the momentum we just got gets taken away just like that and it's going back the other way. Yep. Um, no play yeah. made me more frustrated <laughs> and angry throughout the night than that. Yeah, it, it was it was one of those things. I was like, "Oh, Sydney gonna be mad about this," but I mean, again, 
you saw the Saints struggle to manufacture offense outside of Alvin Kamara. Yes. Alvin Kamara had 50% of the Saints' yards, total yards, uh, which is absurd. He had 197 yards from, from scrimmage, uh, and I think the Saints were right at 400 total yards. Yeah. And so that just – you can – you're not going to be able to win in this league like that with that with one guy doing everything. Granted, Michael Thomas will be back at some point. Um but it's gotta be more than those two guys. And Drew Brees, Drew Brees doesn't look like himself. And so I feel like we've seen Taysom Hill even more than normal. But I feel like some of that is because Sean Payton is trying to manufacture offense um that we're not getting when Drew is on the field with the air attack. Um so you know, I understand what he's trying to do. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. Um, but they're going to have to figure something out uh, with with the passing game and with some, some other options besides uh, Kamara. Besides Kamara. And so with that, comes back, Thomas. I, I, I will go against that a little bit because um, the Drew Brees we saw Monday, to me, is the Drew Brees we've been seeing for the past 10 years. Um, he he started getting into Jerry Cook. He tried to get Jerry Cook involved in the game early. Jerry Cook went out. Um, no preseason, of course, which affects everybody the same way. So the what you would expect at three games into a regular season with Emmanuel Sanders isn't there because there was none of that, you know. Yeah. Um, but they started getting it together towards the end of that game too. And but the other guys that get relied on from that point, whether it's Traquan Smith or uh, Deontay Harris, those aren't really guys who we want or are prepared to be in the situation that they're in. All of a sudden, being seen as number one or number two guys. Um. So those things. Like you said, once Michael Thomas gets back and the more familiar they get with Emmanuel Sanders, those things are going to iron themselves out. That game was winnable, but the fumble and then the pass interference, mm -hmm. uh, the two pass interference calls uh, at the end of the game, along with the rest of the penalties, we continue to be one of the most penalized teams in the league, mm -hmm. rightfully so or not, um, that those things killed us in a, in a game where – we absolutely had the opportunity to win. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I, I am not super concerned about the defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers is out of his mind this season, um, which I, I think last year a lot of people was were, were kind of down on him and thinking he was mm -hmm. starting to starting to get old. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he is uh, he is every bit. Uh, of Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, and so I'm not disappointed in our defense uh, at all. Again, I feel like they held up um, as well as they could. I, it does kind of worry me that, you know, Devontae Adams goes out and it's Alan Lazard that's running all through your secondary. <laughs> you know, um, and you can't that, even that, say through that's your secondary. Concerning. He's running through PJ Williams, who shouldn't be on our field. <laughs> 
Like, why is he on our field? You know, I don't know. Like, you, you think about, like, the, the corners that we have, uh, and it's just like, you put put Lattimore on the guy that has the high hand. You see a dude starting to get, get hot. That's yeah. what you have a corner Espe- like him for. Like you say, especially when their true number one wide receiver isn't playing. Exactly. And playing. then and then you have like you have Janoris Jenkins too. If you want to keep Marshawn Lattimore on one side of the field, you still have Janoris Jenkins. Let Janoris Jenkins follow him. Like, don't have PJ Williams out here on an island because that's not what you want. And stop getting fooled by the same play multiple times in one sure. game. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um so I mean I mean that's that's really it with the Saints though. It's just yeah, it's- like just just they got to fix the defense. They got to get the offense clicking. But as good as Tampa Bay is starting to look on offense uh, after those, after that first week, um, I would say that – and as good as Tampa Bay's defense is, uh, the Saints don't have long to get it together. True, uh, true. They, they, do not, they do not have a lot of time before the division gets away from them. Um, so I would just, uh, I, I, I would, I, I, I would like to see some urgency from this team. And I, and I think you'll see it. Um, I definitely think you'll see it. And the Buccaneers, I'm still not too sold on their defense yet. Um, but once again, we'll see. So just going through the rest of the slate of games from Sunday and of course the Monday night game, what else was really compelling to you? Um, for me, it was, it was a lot of just really, really great individual performances. Yeah. Um, like, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna talk about him first. He's hard to follow, but I'm gonna just get it out the way. Like that dude is absurd. Like I don't do this ever, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes by the end of his career is going to be the best quarterback of all time. The greatest quarterback of all time. Like, because that team is built to win. They're young. Uh, They've got a lot of people under contract for a couple of more years. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got a great coach that fits what he does well, really good. And he you can see the progression year over year. Like he's better this year than he was last year, which is yeah. absurd. Yeah. Um, that throw, uh, falling away to McCole Hartman, hit him forty-five yards down the yep. field in stri- like, dog. That is <sighs> that's nuts. And he had another throw across the middle of the field uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, after Baltimore scored that touchdown to make it 20 to 27, um, he had another throw pocket collapsing. He just steps up and it was just a little 15 yarder, but literally bodies were all over him. He's falling to the ground and just throws a laser across the middle of the field, um, for a 15 yard gain. And just like that kind of stuff, being able to, to, to play against pressure, um, it's not something that he was great at last year. Yeah. And he seems to be just so much better at it this year. Uh, so Holmes, obviously, Russell Wilson playing Russell out of his Wilson. mind. Um, Miles Garrett um, was doing crazy <laughs> things. Um, Aaron Donald 
continues to amaze me. Um, there's a, Aaron Donald seemed like he was always in the Bills backfield, which Josh yeah. Allen is another player this week that just went nuts and yep. looks completely different. Um, he looks like a quarterback, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but there was a play, Aaron Donald immediately off the line, blows through a double team, grabs Josh Allen, yes. throws him, and forces a fumble. Yeah. Like, it within like two seconds of the ball being snapped. Yeah. It was one of the most insane things I've ever seen on a football field. And I I don't know what you do about that dude. There's nothing you can do about <laughs> that dude. <laughs> like uh, and then uh uh Xavier Rose is another guy. Um obviously they were playing against the Jets. The Jets are a tire fire. Um but um Xavier Rhodes had two interceptions, one for a touchdown, um, and just legit. Um, granted, it's not like Sam Darnold has weapons on offense. Yeah. But um, anytime he looked over there, Xavier Rhodes was like, don't look over here. <laughs> don't. Just don't. <laughs> and so so that was just it, – it was just a fun, fun weekend of football, man. What about you? What stood out for you? For me, number one is Russell Russell Wilson. I watched that whole game, and that guy's amazing. He he's so he's so good, and yet still so underrated, especially yeah. for how long he's been doing it at this point. Um, and he's 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 right there with Patrick Mahomes, like um, Tyler Lockett. He went nuts. Uh, th- uh, Sunday. Yep. Uh, what's the what's the other guy? DK Metcalf. Um, yeah, that that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cleveland, Cleveland's backfield: Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. They clearly have the best backfield in in the NFL, and they're they're using them properly. Yeah. Against against a team who I keep saying Washington is a really good defense. Yep. They could have won that game if Haskins didn't get the ball away four times. I think it was four times. Yeah. Um but yeah, those those uh those guys and um Nick Foles, man. The return of Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles, man. Oh, the return God. of Nick Foles taking over what? He took over halfway through the third quarter. Yep. And yep. disgraced Atlanta's defense. Yet again. Man. Yep. Like, can we talk about this, bro? Can we talk about this, dog? Like, so the 28 3 thing has been a running joke among Saints fans in particular. Um, but this is now becoming a thing for them. Like two weeks in a row, bro. Two weeks in a row where you have at some point a 99.9% chance to win the game. Exactly. And then lose the game. Like I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't know, like I don't know who to blame. I don't know who if, if I'm supposed to blame the coach. I don't know if I'm supposed to blame the players. I don't know if I'm supposed to blame uh, the owner. 
<laughs> like the city of Atlanta, I don't know. Like who I'm everybody at this point, but like somebody got to go. Yeah, somebody got to go. Yeah, like somebody got to go because that is unacceptable. And you do that in back to back weeks, and then you march into Green Bay next week, right? <laughs> uh, who is another team that you can you can get them down twenty eight three and. Aaron Rodgers will still do it to you. So like yep. that's and they're they're getting they're getting beat like that. They're having these comebacks against teams in the Cowboys and the Bears who should not have the ability to come back from those types of deficits. Dallas maybe. Dallas definitely has the offensive firepower. Their offense so. has been strong. Oh man. So remember bro, I said the the the, the thing about that Seattle Cowboys game I picked Seattle to win, obviously, mm-hmm. but I said I do not think that Seattle will be able to contain Dallas's offense and yeah. the deep plays, and they were not. Dallas had so many big plays in that Cedric game. Cedric Wilson, this guy I've never <laughs> heard of before in life, <laughs> comes through and is all of a sudden torching that defense. So many great plays. Michael Gallup had a phenomenal mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Oh, just it's it just man, it, you have to think. Um, if Zeke doesn't take that safety early in the game, yeah. If 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 it's not for that weird botched, it's so crazy. Like you can't ever really point back to one moment yeah. in any game. But I felt like when uh, whoever was returning that kick uh, drops it, and they have to field, they have to take the field at the one yard line on yeah. a kickoff, and then. The very next play, it's a safety where I, I, he didn't even almost get out of the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, just with, and especially with the Cowboys' offensive line being what it is, I don't think I expected to see that from Zeke in that spot. And I just felt like there, like that's going to be the difference because it was two points and possession. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so I was just like, man, that this is probably going to end up being a difference in the game. And it, it ended up being, what, a four-point game? Um, yeah, there at the end, yeah. Right at the end. And so, I, I mean, had had that not happened and, and they do get a, a normal possession there, maybe that game turns out differently for them. But um, also, that was, an, that was another fun moment of the weekend, seeing that, because it's always fun to see players fuck up like that. <laughs> Um, three, three more players. Two you actually text me about on Sunday. Uh, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Those two guys. Um, just what? What is this? Week three that we're in, yep. mm-hmm. and they're they're definitely forming a, a connection that you came right out and said, "Look, I think this is going to be something you're gonna you're going to be seeing and hearing for a long time." Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other player, um, Justin Jefferson, somebody yep. who was really quiet the first two weeks, and then all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota offense uh, realized that they did draft a wide receiver very high in the draft that they could be trying to use. Um, so for him to go out there and get seven catches for 175 yards and a touchdown, uh, even in a loss, um, that was. That was that was that was real good to see, bro. 
Gavin Cook had 181 yards that game as well. How do you lose yeah. that game? Never mind. Kirk Cousins had interception. <laughs> That's how you lose that game. But yeah, so that was that was the that was three performances from rookies um that were real exciting to watch over the weekend. Um the the rookie the rookie class, this rookie offensive class as a whole, um, has just been really good, man. Yeah. Um it just it's been crazy. The wide receivers have been great. Um the defensive Jeff Okuda. Um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Okuda has been uh nuts for this for the Lions secondary. Last week was a struggle for him. He definitely turned it around uh this week uh yeah. against the Cardinals. But I mean last week was his first game too. Yeah, yeah, of course. His first taste of NFL action. Um this week against the the Cardinals are a good team with good wide receivers and a solid quarterback who doesn't make a ton of mistakes and I mean uh man. I think he's going to be one of those special talents. Uh, so before we look forward to uh, the upcoming NFL week, week four, um, how let's let's talk about how we fared against the spread on our picks uh, this past week, uh, where we both made, of course, four picks for the same games, and you came out way better than I did in, <laughs> <laughs> in that category. Um, you ended up going three and one. Uh, almost, almost four and zero, oh, and I went, I went one and three with my soul, my yeah. soul victory being that Rams Bills game, which yeah, which is the one I got wrong, yeah, um, and which could have easily went a, the other I way, feel, right? I feel like that was a bad beat because it was looking great, <laughs> yeah, twenty eight to three in the third quarter, exactly. Like, it was like yeah, okay, and then it was like wait, wait, slow down, um, so. Uh, yeah, that was the one I got wrong. That was a three-point spread, um, and I took the Bills, um, and they won by three. So half a point from being perfect on the week. Um, but I'm interested to see what, what, what teams we got and what games we got this week. So the crazy thing is, is <laughs> oh, no, okay. So two of the games we're going to pick, the – the home team is favored by seven. They're giving them seven points. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, but let's start with our team. Let's start Saints-Lions. Uh, the Saints are minus four in this game. Saints minus four against the Lions. Uh, I do think that this is a team that the Saints should beat. Um, you do have the potential for Michael Thomas to be back this week um, from – all the indications, but even if he doesn't come back, I do think that offensively, uh, I just think that uh, the Saints have a little bit uh, more than the Lions do. Um, so I'll take the Saints uh, to cover. Uh, I'm also taking the Saints to cover. Like you said, this is um, this is one of those games where the Saints are should win. This is a team they should be beating. So this is a win that they have to get, especially, like you said, with Tampa Bay um, continuing to win. And the even I think even Carolina's 2-1 at this point, or are they 1-2? Uh, Carolina is – let's see. Let me see. Oh, no, they're 1-2 as well. Okay, but 
like you say, you can't, can't get too far behind Tampa Bay, and this is a game that you absolutely should win. Um, going up against a rookie corner, Drew Brees loves those matchups. Um, and I think this, this should definitely be more than a, a touchdown victory for New Orleans. Yeah. Um, next, let's go Patriots-Chiefs. And the Chiefs uh, Patriots. Um, again, uh, I look. Anytime we pick a Chiefs game, I'm picking the Chiefs, and however many points, um, I gotta pick with them. Um, Chiefs to cover. Uh, I actually do not think that. Uh, again, it, it'll be a situation where I don't think the Patriots' offense is gonna be able to keep up. Um, I mean their defense is. It's fine, I guess. Um, this is not the Patriots defense that we've been accustomed to seeing in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and again, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, has been something that they didn't even need, but exactly. it's unfair that they got because I think he had what 170 yards from scrimmage uh, in that game against the Ravens. Um, I'm gonna have to look and see, but I, it wouldn't surprise I, I, me. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was that was that was what he did. Um, I pretty much checked out after that McCole Hardman touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he uh, seventy receiving at sixty four rushing. Yep. So, um, so one hundred thirty yards from scrimmage. Yeah. Um, but look, man, another another rookie, another rookie. Uh, so yeah, Chiefs and the points. Um, I am going to yeah, I'm take I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Patriots on that one, not to win, but I, I think they I think they managed to to keep this game pretty close. It's me for the second week in a row betting against the Chiefs because I'm betting on defense. I'm betting on that secondary of the Patriots. Uh, to be able to fare well against uh, the receivers and Travis Kelsey, and for Cam Newton to play up to his competition, he's he's hearing and seeing everything that's being said about Patrick Mahomes, and he knows how that was once him and how he feels like that can still be him, um, and and the fact that he was able to, or the fact that he's been able to develop this connection with Julian Edelman. Uh, over these first few weeks and once again I I don't I'm not that confident in the Chiefs defense uh, at all but their offense is so good that it doesn't matter particularly so yeah I got the Chiefs winning but I got the Patriots being able to stay under that seven okay cool the next one we're going to do is Browns Cowboys, and the Cowboys Brown. are minus four and a half. Cowboys minus four and a half. Um, look, I I'm gonna keep ringing this bell. Um, I'm not gonna always pick against the Browns, uh, obviously, <laughs> but I do. I, I I've been saying this since last year. I I don't think the Browns are a very good. The football team, um, and they've got pieces. 
Um, they just they're the Browns. Um, I I do think that I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily going to run away with it. But you said the spread was four and a half. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a touchdown game. Um, I don't think they run away with it, but I don't think it's I don't think it's uh it's super duper close either. So I'm gonna take the Cowboys in the points. I'm gonna take Cleveland. Um we talked about that run game that they had uh that they have earlier and um the manner what that they're the best backfield in the in the league right now. And the fact that they've been able to manage the game based off of their run game allows them to pretty much control time of possession. And Dallas is another team who's going to turn the ball over. Like, regardless of how good um, Dak has been playing these first three weeks, uh, he's he's done a good bit of it from behind. And he's done it with them turning the ball over to put them in that situation to begin with. Um, I think Cleveland has that enough talent on their offense to be able to um, find success against Dallas' secondary uh, with Oda Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt out the backfield, uh, and those guys. So I think. I think Cleveland actually wins this game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with Cleveland. Ooh. And our last game will be the Falcons and the Packers. I know where you're going. You're going to take Atlanta on this one. <laughs> Packers are minus seven. <laughs> oh. Uh, honestly, uh, I am going to take Atlanta on this one to cover. Not to win, but to cover. Um, I and I'm only taking them to cover because I just want to see them lose in spectacular fashion again. <laughs> and so uh that is uh that's where I'm going. I'm going uh my football like my football based pick would probably be Packers and the points, but um that's a lot of points and the yeah. Falcons are not a terrible team. They just seem to be terrible in the second half football games. Um so I'll take uh, the Falcons, uh, the Falcons and the points, um, but the Packers to win. As will I. Um, the, like you said, the Falcons are a talented football team. Obviously, they're getting up to these huge leaves. So obviously, they have something that can go right for them at at least for half of the game. Um, so regardless of what regardless of the fashion that they've been losing these games in, they haven't been getting blown out by anybody. Um, And I expect that to continue to be the trend, especially since they're going up a team that um, has a little less firepower than these other teams that they've lost to so far. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, Atlanta, too. Less? I don't know. I don't know if you can ever say less firepower when Aaron Rodgers is over there. I like mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is over there, but if Devontae Adams isn't receiving, how many receivers can you name? Even with us just playing them Monday night. Only, only Alan Lazard. <laughs> exactly. That's all. That's apparently all. <laughs> bruh, 
I mean, you talk about a quarterback that was doing it with a dude named Geronimo. Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> like I'm. I don't. I don't know what what else to say. Like like that dude. Like yeah. The Cowboys have more weapons. The Bears have more weapons. The Packers have a nuclear weapon. <laughs> like, um, so I look, I, I don't know, man, but I, I do, yeah, I mean, like we agree on the pick, so, um, it's interesting. You went all underdogs except the Saints, and, uh, I went all chalk except the Falcons, so, yeah, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. And, how do you think when we come back, it'll be what? We'll be looking at game four of the NBA Finals, yeah. most likely, by the time we get back to this. So how do you see those first three games playing out? What would, what do you think would be the – the uh, uh, two? I would say 2-1 Lakers. 2-1. Uh, I think Miami um, – Maybe comes out and gets the game early. Uh, yeah. The Lakers uh, have, for some reason, in this playoffs, um, not looked great in the beginning of series. Um, and so I think one of those first two games is going to be the best chance for Miami to steal an early one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think it's. I think it's two one. Lakers, um, and I'm going to say uh, it's going to be probably a X-Factor type of game from like a Jay Crowder with his defense and shooting. I think he maybe gets it back on track. I don't think he uh, – I think he kind of returns back up to average. Um, you know, he's been – since he's been in Miami, uh, over 40% from the three-point line. And then that Celtic series, um, I think he was like five of 29 or something. So, yeah, uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I do think that he he has one of those games where, you know, he drills a bunch of shots. And uh, I think we can get, I think we get one out of these next three. Um. I'm I'm coming in with the same mindset that I had with the Denver series. Um, like I said, I have it going six, but Miami has to win one of those first two games, in my opinion, for it to even go that far. Um, yeah. I think game one will be their best opportunity to steal uh, the early game, one of the early games. I think if they can come out um, with a hot start shooting the ball and, like you say, try kind of, um, including some of that small ball and trying to keep Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee off of the off of the court during that game. I think they can take that one. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm with you. I haven't been 2-1 after three games. But like I say, if they don't win one of the first two games, uh, then we're looking more like a five-game series. For sure. For sure. But uh, that wraps it up for us this week. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, the show's Twitter handle is at FriendlyFire08. Uh, my Twitter 
uh, handle is at Sydney Henry III. And Demarcus, what's yours? Uh, it is at OMG. It's D Glasper. O M G I T S D Glasper. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, enjoy the sports weekend and the sports week. You know, finals. Um, and uh, and the NFL. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to y'all next week. What's up, everybody? Check out Friendly Fire every Thursday as we discuss the latest and most intriguing topics in sports. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Friendly Fire 08.